Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, here coming at you live and loud from the Wenzel, one Wenzel way here. I've got the wife looking at me. It's currently, we're wait, I got the smell of homemade pizza brewing through the kitchen, um, wafting all the way up into our 9,000 square foot home here in Farmington, Michigan. Did I say 9,000? I meant about 900 because we live in a tiny little mushroom house. But it's still nice and cozy. Still nice and cozy. It's, what's nice about it is that we're on, a top, on top of each other all the time. So you'll probably hear a kid screaming by. Addie, say hi. Hi. There's Mr. Atticus, James Wenzel, making his, I think that's your second appearance on the Successfully Funded Podcast. We'll have to maybe make you a regular at some point, right? So coming up on today's episode... We've got, we're going to be talking to Dr. Joel Pearson. Yeah, that's right, Dr. Joel Pearson. And he has an interesting crowdfunding project called You Suck at Piano. That's right, You Suck at Piano. If you are ever have ever thought about getting and t- taking piano lessons, I think this is going to be the campaign for you. Uh, so it was great to talk to uh, Dr. Joel uh, about his music theory, how he does, uh, how he approaches it. Um, and he made his book's got some sarcasm to it and, and some great behind the scenes stories on the, on the great composers and, uh, of, of our era and, and how he incorporates that into, into, you know, learning piano. So it was nice to, to bond with, with Dr. Joel a little bit because, uh, of my deep down dark secret about wanting to learn to play piano at some point in my life and thinking about how I want to get the kids Addie and Neve into uh, into learning piano and how they'll probably surpass me quickly because they can learn anything. And us adults, well, we're stubborn, right? We, we're not really into uh, learning piano anymore. So, yeah. So that's going on. So speaking of music, are you guys following my playlist at all? So, yeah, you probably haven't, right? So if you are a Spotify user, I strongly recommend going and checking out my podcast called the Woodshed Agency Office Playlist. And if you can't find it since the, because the Spotify... Uh, uh, oh, the pizza's ready. Oh, 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 pizza's ready. You guys hear that? Oh, she shut the timer off. But yeah, pizza's ready. I'm going to go eat here in a minute. Um, but if you haven't checked out the Spotify, my Spotify playlist, I update it every Tuesday with five to seven tracks, somewhere around there. And I think I do a pretty good job of curating it. And we've got a healthy amount of followers right now. It's growing. And uh, I really recommend checking it out. You know, new music. And music's hard to find right now. So speaking that we're keeping in the whole, sort of the music theme here of, of, the, uh, of the old episode here, I hope you guys check out my podcast, or check out my playlist over on Spotify. A couple other interesting things going on right now. So, you hear that? Eddie, go ahead and fire off that car again. So this is just straight up distraction time right now going on here at the house when I'm trying to do this intro. There's just no respect for the podcast is what's happening. Hear it? There's my chair sound. Addie is playing with some toy cars behind me. This is absolute chaos. So I'm thinking about 
helping somebody out big time and really committing some t- some major time into a project that I think is very worthy. And I don't want to give up too much details because I'm going to have to have a conversation about this project a little bit with my wife tonight as to whether or not I should go ahead and put some time into into this project because I think it's worthy. I think it's a worthy cause. I think it's a I think where it is in in the land of time, it, it's it's a, it's a ripe product, and uh, you know I, I don't want it to go away. So I am going to figure out if whether or not in the Jeff Wenzel scope of time, I can put together enough uh, enough energy without taking away from other stuff into um, this this project. And I know I'm being very vague at the moment because I don't want to announce anything quite yet. Uh, until I obviously get full approval from the from the master here at the house, but I think that I'll be able to uh, to persuade and, and and get us get me working on this thing because I think it would be a well worthy cause to to get this done. Second thing is, so my son starts uh, little league baseball. He'll be playing his first season of little league coach pitch this year, and holy requirements, people! Holy requirements. Did it, why didn't anybody tell me about this, you know? So I got the list. We've got practices. We've got sometimes games on Friday, Saturdays, a little back-to-back, you know? I've got to go get gray baseball pants. We've got to get probably some new cleats because his feet are grown. We've got to get a batting helmet. Like, what? You know, probably, you know, batting gloves. I, I have to get him a mitt. How about that? You know, because he's got only, all he has is like kitty mitts. And last but not least, the cup. Really? The cup? I don't remember wearing a cup until definitely higher up in Little League. At minimum, 10 to like 15. Somewhere t- somewhere in that ballpark, I think the cup started to become a requirement. Do you really need that as, a, as like a six-year-old? So I'm intrigued to have that <laughs> conversation of how that works because uh, it's always something, right? So I'm going to go have a cup conversation this weekend uh, with the boy. Hey, Addie, are you excited to wear a cup? Yeah. Yeah? Do you know what a cup is? Uh, yeah. What is it? <laughs> yep. Silence from the crowd. Still a little unsure of what is going on, but we're going to figure that out here. So, all right. I think that's enough of me ranting and being distracted by chaos behind me. So I'm going to go ahead and kick my conversation with Dr. Joel Pearson, uh, from the crowdfunding Kickstarter campaign, you suck at piano. Well, all right, Joel, the red light is on, and since you're a musician, you shouldn't be nervous about this part. Most people are like, "Oh, the red light's on," but not you, right? You, no, you, know, you know, you know what's going on here, right? Totally. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, why don't we do a quick sound check uh, before we jump into it? So, uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I had uh, tacos. Okay, I, that's an interesting breakfast. Is that a typical uh, breakfast uh, to have the tacos? No, I'm uh, on the road doing some performances and um, slept in, which was wonderful. And so it was more of like a more of like a brunch. Okay. All right. Oh, so where are you right now? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. All right. Well, I'm in Detroit, so uh, we have to just deal with it that you're in Columbus. But uh, mm-hmm. all right, all right, all right. Cool. All right. I think we're sounding good here. Hopefully, I'm sounding all right to you. Yeah, great. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump into it. So, uh, so Joel, why don't you tell my listeners what you are currently raising money for over on Kickstarter? 
Yeah, I am writing a book. It's uh, a piano method book for adults called You Suck at Piano. And basically, it is a brutally honest method of learning to play the piano. Most uh, books for learning are very, um, they're, they're very sort of serious, yep. and they can also be a little disingenuous because they tend to be sort of like, oh, this isn't so bad, like, this is fun, like, aren't you, aren't you enjoying music? And, you know, music is so wonderful. And, of course, it is wonderful, but music is also very hard, especially as a grown-up, to learn. Mm -hmm. So the idea of this book is to really, like, poke fun at ourselves while trying to learn something. Right, that's very cool. So where did this sort of idea start to populate in your brain here? How did you come up with this? Well, I, uh, you know, I'm a pianist and composer, and I teach piano, and I do a number of things, and I, I just notice that there's not a lot of funny stuff out there in music. You know, we take music seriously, which we should, but it, it can also be funny. And I don't think there's any uh, music method books that uh, are humorous. I've, I've never found any, you know? And so right, I right. was thinking, well, I should start one that uh, kind of disparages the person that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> trying to learn in sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of way and has, you know, cocktail recipes to drown your piano frustrations and uh, just a bunch of kind of odd stuff that you would never typically see in a music book. So do you, do you currently teach? I do. To, to I, I do. I teach in uh, New York City uh, a couple days a week uh, in between my performing schedule. And, and yeah, teaching adults, you know, they get frustrated and it's all about, I always tell my adult students, it's all about managing your expectations. And, and this book is definitely here to give a, a sobering assessment of of what it takes to learn you know it's right. possible it's very doable but you can't jump in and think you're gonna be able to play everything you've always wanted to play in the first six uh -huh. months you know right well i have a confession to make so uh so i'm a 20-year musician on guitar and i've owned recording studios throughout the united states and uh yeah and uh but piano has been my uh, achilles heel I, right. I i won't sit down on it you know you give me a guitar and i'm i'm a-okay uh but the piano Oof, uh, you know, it's a whole yeah. other animal for me. So that's why when I saw this campaign, I was like, All right, I got to talk to this guy. Cause maybe, <laughs> you can, maybe you can push me over the edge. Uh, and I do have a, I have a six and a four year old that we're thinking about doing piano lessons here, uh, you know, probably within the next, I don't know, six to six to eight months or so. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, so I know for them, they're, pr they're just going to pick it up like, you know, like, you know, nobody's business and they're going to out, outperform me and I'll be like, oh, I right. can't do it. So. Right, right. Well, you know, again, it's, it's expectations. I mean, like a kid, takes piano lessons for five years before they can really play anything very interesting. And, you know, kids just have adults telling them to do things all day long. Like, that's what it is to be right. a kid. As an adult, it's still going to, you know, five years is, is, is also a pretty reasonable expectation. But as an adult, you, 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 you can tell how long it's going to take, you know? Sure. And so I'm not sure it's, I'm actually not sure it's that much harder as an adult, but you are much more aware of the time commitment. And that right there is really tough. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're right on that. It, it is. And at this point with them being young kids, man, like knowing that when I picked up guitar, I was 12 and I've literally played every day of my life. But right. like, to, to, and then I, I, I get, I, I work myself up where I'm like, well, I, if I'm going to play piano, I've got to at least give it four hours a day. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, yeah. like as if I'm, you know, as if I'm 15 and have nothing to do after school, you know, but totally, uh, totally. <laughs> yeah, all but, about expectations. You have to have realistic expectations. So, so how much of this book is uh, derived from maybe um, stories that you have of like when people are in front of you and, and like, you know, maybe having those moments of like, come on, dude, <laughs> you know, is it any of that? 
Well, a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say there's that much like um, anecdotal uh-huh. stuff in there, but there's a lot of stuff about famous composers and a lot of stuff that's sort of sort of biographical. You know, like if you want to read, if you're going to play a piece by Beethoven, I have like the fir- I have like a little bio of Beethoven, and those things tend to be focused on how difficult their lives were as well. <laughs> right, right. So like, basically, they, it's hard for everybody, you know, just because Beethoven could write this amazing music doesn't mean that it was an easy life for him or whatever. Uh-huh. And, then, and, and then, honestly, some of the bios don't make any sense at all, and I just thought it was funny just to kind of, you know, just throw out some things that are just totally random. But, but in general, you know, this is the attitude I'm trying to have, is that yeah. we all suck at piano collectively, right. right? It's a difficult thing. It's like you sit down and it's like staring in the mouth of a shark, you know, like it's beautiful and difficult and all these things. And, and you're not really sure you'll ever win, but, uh, right. you know, we still want to try. Right. 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 That's cool. Well, let's go back a little bit. So uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Washington, DC. Okay. All right. And then, uh, like, how, I mean, what did your parents do uh, when, when you were growing up? Oh, uh, you mean professionally or yeah. like what did they do? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. my dad was my dad was in the government. My mom worked for the uh, public schools, um, and they were they were very musically inclined people. Um, so you know, I grew up in a a, a nurturing household for music. That's for good. Sure. That's good. Yeah. I have the opposite of that story. So uh, yeah, okay. where, where uh, like like and and what was kind of like the first gig? I mean, what 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 did you what you is it piano the first instrument or do you just start playing on stuff? How, yeah, how piano's. Yeah, piano was first instrument. I, I was sort of a um, introverted child, and so I, when a lot of the, my friends wanted to be outside playing soccer and stuff, I preferred to be inside at the piano. Mm-hmm. You know, that was um, that was how I cho- spent my childhood. That's cool. So, you know, as you're kind of growing up, I mean, do you start getting into, you know, like, do you start playing gigs early on or is it mostly just like, how how does music really start to become a point where you're playing professionally and making a book and all that sort of stuff? Right, right. I started doing gigs, I guess, maybe junior year of high school. I was in, uh, I I joined like two bands in my high school and one was a, a rap band. Uh, okay. which was Sweet. pretty terrible, cool. like suburban kids playing rap music. Uh, it was pretty terrible, but we had some good gigs around uh-huh. D.C. And the other one was like a also equally terrible like rock band. Um, and it was me and this guy, Josh. And uh, it was fun, but it was pretty bad. But he's famous now. He's a big famous rock star. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, so good for him. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. good for him. <laughs> his music now is better than it was when we were 17. Oh, well, that's sure. cool. Very cool. So, I mean, being the piano person, uh, typically I think you're like the, like the sought after one in bands, right? Like, like you're the one that like can play on everybody's stuff. Is that typically how it went for you as well? Uh, yeah. When you're doing like, you know, sort of pop music, mm-hmm. it tends to be a lot of people that don't have formal training. <laughs> right. You know? and it right. doesn't mean they're not, they're not very musical in their own way. Right. But yeah, yeah, uh, those groups can tend to sometimes lean on like whoever the one person is that took like ten years of lessons, <laughs> right? <laughs> or who, uh, who can who can actually uh, talk about what needs to happen next? Hey, we got to get to the bridge here. You know, we're going to play right, these totally. parts. You know, but 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 the flip side is that if if you're the guy that has ten years of lessons, you also need to be able to uh, dialogue with people that don't, and that's right. that's tricky, and that that's where you get your sort of like stuffy classical you know, mm-hmm. person that can't play in the bands at all, even though they should be like the best person. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So are you getting any sort of like kickback? I mean, it does seem like, uh, I mean, from the, I, I guess I'm thinking about the guitar lesson world of like, it was, you know, 
you had to learn theory, you had to learn your scales at first. Like, are you getting kickback with this sort of vibe to your book at all? Uh, sorry, what do you mean by kickback? Like, like feet, like like negative feedback at all from like, oh, publishers yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Uh, oh, totally. I definitely sent a draft around to some publishers, some music publishers, and they were just kind of like. We could never do that in a million years. We could hmm. never release this book. Right. And then, and then uh, someone posted my uh, Kickstarter campaign to uh, like a Facebook group called The Art of Piano Pedagogy, <laughs> which is definitely the wrong place for this book. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say and – and I didn't know. And then someone you know, pointed out to me and there was like, like a couple hundred people were like talking about it. And overall, people thought it was very funny. But you definitely had um, – a vocal minority of people that thought it was definitely not funny. Right, right. <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> not I'm appropriate sure. thing to, I'm totally to, sure, yeah. to do. Well, how, how do you walk that sort of fine line of, 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 of being funny, but yet still knowing that the, the material is still good, right? Like, you'll still come out of this playing. Like, that seems like a very fine line to walk where it's not just becoming cheesy at all. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I could tell you exactly how to walk that line. I, I'm not sure how well I'm doing it either. But what I know is that every other book is 100% serious. Right. right. So if this is you know, 60% stupid and funny, then there's still some, there's still some teaching value in there. You know? And I always tell anybody that asks me about it, the best way to learn is still have a teacher. I mean, I think this book is very helpful for people who um, – are adults and are just starting out or who maybe took lessons when they were younger and like to get back into it, but still setting up, you know, half a dozen lessons with a experienced teacher is the fastest way to get off the grounds without being frustrated. Sure. Sure. Well, let's flip over a little bit. Uh, you know, just cause I don't get too many conversations with the, with musicians and you're out on the road, you're a professional musician. What is the life like of, of the music scene right now? I mean, for myself, I got out of it about three years ago. I just unplugged from my studio worlds and I just, and then it, it, it's just, you know, with the Spotify's and just streaming, like what do you, what is it like for you uh, as an insider right now? Right. Well, I do, uh, you know, I, I, I live in New York city and I do a lot of jazz and I do, uh, some arranging work and I compose music for people and so, and teaching obviously. So mm-hmm. I, my story is somewhat typical in that it's a whole bunch of different things, you know, yeah. all at once. So it's definitely a hustle where you don't ever take days off mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, there's always a lot of stuff to do, but the, the upside, the upside is that I am doing, you know, music all the time. Um, and, and that's really great. You know, I'm my own boss. Right. Uh, so that's all fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a hard work, and and I'm getting older, and I'm less inclined to like schlep a bunch of gear on the subway to gigs than I was five years ago sure. or ten years ago. Right, right. So I'm trying to move into other things, right? So a little more teaching, so I can be picky, you know, more picky about gigs. You know, this book, I'd like to write some more books, like things that can help me, um, you know, not have to take gigs for seventy five dollars. Sure, you know, right, 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 <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so if if, if like um, somebody, let's just say, I don't know, a, a kid's coming to you eight, nine, and, and really wants to, really has a, has a good ear, and you can tell that they've they have some talent. What do you say to them in terms of like pursuing a career in this? Well, I mean, that's still pretty young. I mean, that's that's a good time to be you know taking piano lessons, but it may be too early to be talking uh, right twenty years down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely have a lot of conversations with parents, especially New York parents oh, who sure, are yeah. pretty high strung about, you know, not getting ahead of themselves with their kids' careers and, you know, the kids ate, like, let's just keep them interested and keep them moving forward. 
Um, I, I encourage people to find teachers that are flexible, teachers that have classical training but also can improvise and, you know, compose and do things. So if the kid really doesn't want to play Bach but the kid, you know, loves jazz at age nine, that's a real indicator that they should be improvising. You know, they should be doing other things and the, whatever piano lessons or you know, whatever, however you're working with this child or young adult should be uh, a flexible process, you know, and not a rigid, like, no, you must be playing, you know, Beethoven all the time. Well, you know, is there a, and I, I hate to use the word like cutoff, but is there like a point where, um, you know, to be a professional though, you're probably not starting at like 25, you know, or, or is there anything like that? I mean, and I get this. So I, again, the more background on me is I still do live sound for like mega churches, you know, with line arrays okay. and the big boards. And I get, right. I get the parents coming up to me and going, yeah, my son, he's uh 26. He really wants to get into live sound. And I'm just like, you know, I've got, I've been doing this since I was 12, I, you know, I, right. you know, there's just like no take a six month class at a community college and you're good to go. I mean, you know, so uh, you know, is there a point though where it's like, yeah, it's cool for an adult to, I could pick up piano and play, but to be professional, is there still like a little bit of a, a, a you gotta get, you gotta be doing it right now in this sort of time period. Right. Well, this, this depends on what avenue of music you want to go into. So for example, take what I was talking about, this band I was in in high school, me and my friend who didn't really have any training at all. And he's a professional musician and he makes a whole lot more money than I do. And he's a big rock star. Right. And I have, have I'm like the guy that, started training at six and by the time I was 15 I was playing two three hours a day at home and in college I was playing seven hours a day and and it's a different kind of career path you know I mean if if, if an adult says I want to be a professional classical pianist yeah it's never going to happen you have to start you know even I started at seven or eight and that's even kind of late yeah, for that, right, that, right. that trajectory um but you know if you have a good ear and you you like to write songs and people like your songs then I that can happen much later in life mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, let's flip over a little bit to the actual Kickstarter campaign, which is why I reached out. So, so you are also in pub, the publishing land, which is a challenging thing to, to crowdfund. So, what was kind of the overall strategy to think? You know, uh, uh, okay, I have the idea for the book, but now I want to get the crowd involved to get this thing funded and, and to get this thing over the hump. How, how did that sort of conversation go about? Right. Well, first thing I did is I put together like a, a short draft, maybe. 25% of this thing. And I just send it to a bunch of people, some friends and some people that are more like, you know, professional contacts just to be like, Hey, is this totally stupid? <laughs> right, right. Is this kind of funny? Is like, what is this? You know? And, and I was, I was very hesitant at first about pursuing it because I don't like the idea of spending all this time working on a book and then you can't find a publisher and no one wants to buy it. And you know, right. all that, all that kind of stuff. But people were really encouraging and saying like, this is, bizarre and hilarious and not something I've ever seen. So then it was sort of like, yeah, I sent to a few publishers who were like, this is ridiculous, you know, but these are, these are very like conservative companies that hold things very close to the chest, you know? So I thought, well, maybe this is a good idea for, um, for crowdfunding. And I think the the smartest decision was to put it in a music category, even though it's a book. Yeah. I could totally see that, you know, as opposed to a book category or whatever, because, you know, you look through Kickstarter and music projects and it's mainly, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make an album, you know, I need money to make an album, you know, and that's totally legitimate or whatever, but there's very few things that are like connected to music, but are not that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. So what was then, you know, after you kind of get 
sort of some validation from your peers. Um, what starts to become the process in terms of kind of getting people excited though, that the Kickstarter is actually coming. Was there a marketing plan that you kind of put together? Uh, yes, yeah, sort of. I, I uh, have employed like a friend of a friend who has done some of this stuff <laughs> to kind of help me get, get it to where it needed to be. And um, I had to, you know, really figure out some budget issues because, you know, I have to pay a bunch of people before I get the money from the Kickstarter, right, basically, right, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm on a few tight deadlines. And the, the biggest piece of the puzzle was finding an illustrator. And I was very fortunate that about the time I was starting to think about this, um, an old friend of mine moved to New York who is an artist and who, you know, just has a very odd sense of humor, which I really like. And so he's the guy that's been doing all this, you know, all the illustrating. So really the book is as much his creation as mine. What's his name? His name is Kevin Nagler. Okay. And he just does like just funny things. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. So, um, so like what, what kind of is, is there anything intriguing going on maybe in your dashboard right now that has kind of caught your eye or you're, you're like, Hmm, I wonder how we're getting so much traffic from, you know, or, or whatever. Is there anything weird going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I have about 1500 backers now and I know about 30 of them. I don't know hardly anybody, which is amazing. Right. And, and, so it's an, an, uh, mainly people I don't know and coming from all over the world. So, I mean, I think I'm sending, you know, 50 or 100 books to Australia already. And I, I'm not sure how, you know, that would have gotten there. So this, this is really great for me. This is the, the best part of this whole process is that it, it validates that this is something that people are interested in, yeah. you know, not, and no one's giving me money. Out of <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm looking to it like, you're sitting right now with like what you just said, 1400 some odd backers, 1465, I think is what it is. Um, so what are you doing right now though, to keep that sort of momentum going still with 37 days to go? So you've got a lot of time uh, on the clock. So what, how do you keep things going outside of being on this awesome podcast and uh, talking to me outside of that? But what else are you, are you doing to just make sure that the momentum keeps going uh, up and up and up? Uh, well, you know, starting to send updates. So like at least one update a week, um, doing more more and more social media stuff which has never been my forte but trying to jump into that you know get those accounts going um and yeah and i'm I'm i mean i'm still finishing the book so there's that too so (laughs) there's like a number of angles to push and and then also trying to make sure that yeah the my team of people which is growing now as i'm getting close to sending it off for printing that they are all in line and everything's you know, everything's going smoothly and then, you know, sharing that information and talking to, you know, showing people, you know, via the updates and everything, like how the process is working. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So this may be a dumb question considering that the campaign is obviously being very successful right now, but is there anything that you'd have done differently if you could go back in time? Well, going back in time is only a couple of weeks at this <laughs> sure. point, right? Like it's still pretty yeah. new, a new thing. So I, I don't know if I have the perspective yet to, to really say that. I'm very happy with how it's going. Like I'm 100% cool. happy with it. So Excellent, excellent. So what does, you know, in your mind, what does scale look like for this project? Oh, well, I the, the long-term scale or vision is that I would like to have a few books. I would like to make it like kind of a series with some different angles. Um, I talk about it in the Kickstarter video, but I'd love to have a You Suck at Piano 2, You Still Suck, which would be like harder, you know, some harder music with some new concepts. I'd love to have a You Suck at Christmas piano, like a Christmas version, and I'd really like to write like a kid's version, 
which I'm calling, you know, uh, you're so good at piano, <laughs> which would be like just, you know, it would really be like a, it, it would be so out there. I mean, I would like it to be helpful for a child to learn piano, but for an adult reading it, just to be like, what is this person doing? You know, just like so weird, uh, just like totally out there, like with things that just make no sense. But the kid, the kid would like, you know, that's sure. That's the idea. Or maybe you suck a guitar. I play yeah. some guitar uh, poorly, okay. but uh, you know, that could well, be the, a thing. There's a lot of bad guitar I mean, do there. you envision moving it into drums and bass and guitar and making sort of like a whole, you know, you can put the whole band together uh, with your books? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like guitar would be reasonable because uh, I play enough guitar. I could probably, I could probably work on it, you know, work on the book. I, you know, if, if I get that far, that's four or five books in, I, I'll know a lot more than sure. I do now. Right, right, right. I've had a lot of things. So right now it's, I'm focusing on this and getting this done and just starting to think about what the next one would be. Gotcha. So, you know, uh, this might be a question more around, you know, just in general being productive, you know, being productive as a, uh, as an entrepreneur. So, I mean, you're out on the road touring right now, you've got a Kickstarter going on, you're trying to finish the book. Are there any tips or, or tools or techniques that you do to kind of continue to stay organized, make sure you're not missing something, make sure you're staying up to date, you know, anything that you, that you do to, that you would recommend for people to do? I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of a type A person. Um, and so I have a very structured, organized, like to do list system that I have. And it, it largely revolves around this, um, app called, uh, Wonderlist, oh, nice, yeah. which, uh, is like my saving grace for this thing. I mean, you create lists and sub lists and you share things with people and like you put dates on things, you know, it's just a very way to keep organized. And of course it syncs yep. to the cloud. And so it goes everywhere that I do. That is very helpful. Super helpful. And, and do you, and do you put your whole team on, on your list? For, for some things? Yeah, it can be, it can be really helpful to do that. Or, you know, I just keep different things for myself and then I can just reach out to people and remind people all right. the time. And, and, and how about for, you know, the traveling musician as again, I have some, some, uh, sympathy for the touring world of waking up late and eating tacos for breakfast. Uh, right. h- how about staying sort of, you know, um, you know, just in terms of like working on everybody's time clock, right? Like, Hey, your eight in the morning is not my eight in the morning, right? Like I, I was working at two in the morning. Right. There's definitely like, some like, of that. How do, yeah. There's some of that going as on. As a musician, how are you functioning in sort of the, that day to day right now, especially with a Kickstarter campaign on top of it? Uh, you know, I just have to prioritize this over some other things. Um, it's, 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 it's going fine. You know, I've given myself a, plenty of buffer, I think, to get everything done. So I have some things are, you know, totally done and some things are in the process and some things we're looking ahead to. So I just, I just try to keep on it. You know, I just I get up in the morning and just think about everything that has to be done and keep a bunch of lists. <laughs> how about, how about things to like maybe unplug for a little bit? Is there anything that you do or recommend in terms of like, you know, getting away from the Kickstarter campaign and getting away from music for a minute? Right. I'm really bad at that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the right person to talk to about that at all. I've always been in the perspective of if, if you want to pursue music, but you feel like you only like doing music when it's fun, then you're never really going to be able to pursue music, right? Like it's, it, it, it goes beyond into becoming a daily grind. Uh, and I still, of course, love doing music and love being involved in lots of things. But, you know, those people, like, you know, that show up to, like, freshman year, like, music theory class saying, oh, music is so much fun. I love it because it's fun. Like, they all drop out. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the musicians, the musician world. Um, so, you know, 
for you yourself personally, like where do you see yourself in the next five years or so? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, I probably still in New York or maybe not. I'm, I'm slowly trying to put my life in a place where I could get a, a university teaching mm-hmm. job when those things are very hard yeah. to get, you know? So, um, but I did, you know, I went and got a PhD for better or for worse. So I got that squared away. And, you know, you're supposed to publish, right, to get those right. jobs. So I'm working on this book. This is not exactly the right kind of thing to publish for those <laughs> right. jobs. But uh, I feel like, you know, I have a sort of eccentric career. And um, maybe somewhere someone will, will appreciate that, you know. I, I'm definitely involved with, like, musicians as entrepreneurs. You, you know, that's always been an angle I've been with. So I'm just sort of I, – I keep pursuing that. I'm here in Columbus playing with – a a band that I run in New York that um, is like a jazz band that plays music from cartoons. Oh, that's cool. And it's a very like unusual kind of project, you know? So it's, this is, this is, these are projects that I gravitate. It's cool. Yeah. The ones that sound like they're a little, they have a little quirk to them. It's cool. Yeah. I love that kind of thing, right? Like there's a million so-and-so trio and so-and-so quartet and so-and-so band that the name doesn't mean anything. So I'm trying to <laughs> come up with things that are uh, off the beaten path and, 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 uh, still resonating. Are you going to be uh, coming through the the old uh, Detroit area at all? We let's see. I think that we are not coming. I don't think I'm playing in Michigan this year, but I am coming through the Midwest a couple times this winter. But no, no Detroit. But I, I would bet that within an hour. Yeah. Or two. All right. Cool. Very cool. Excellent, excellent. So where can people um, outside of the Kickstarter kind of dive into your world, into your bubble, kind of learn more about you, uh, follow you on social media and stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a, a pretty thorough website, which is uh, therealjoelpearson.com. I had joelpearson.com for years, and I let it slip for like a oh. month, and someone grabbed oh. it. So yeah, wait. now the real Joel Pearson. Well, is what what it is, is it? It's not like a porn star or something, is it? Is, it, is there a good story no, about it? Just... He seems like a, no, he seems like a very nice person that writes children's okay, books and all right, you know, all right. has, a, has a good career. Yeah. So it's not like he's right. not extorting me for <laughs> exactly, the site or anything. Right, okay. But I'm fine. Therealjoelpearson.com is just fine. But yeah, you can listen to like uh, some of the music I've written and photos of things I've done. And this this project is not up there yet, but I'll be putting it up there, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Probably. Very cool. Well, Joel, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me and the listeners. Re- yeah, thank really you. great project. Um, I, I I I get it. I get what you're doing with it because uh, I have been on I've been on the stuffy side of these conversations. So uh, very very cool totally. stuff. And I wish you a lot of luck uh, over the next 37 days and uh, and uh, continue success, man. All right, thank you All right, so thank much. You. All right, how about that conversation with uh, with Joel? Cool stuff, huh? Re- I, I can't rec- I can't stress it enough. Go check out this uh, this 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 teaching book on, on piano. I think I think there's gonna be a lot of people who, who really benefit from it. So you know we haven't really talked much about the uh, what's going on in Houston because a lot of great a lot of really bad stuff down there, man. I mean, just feel for the people and I'm thinking about a lot of people I got some friends down there people I went to high school with uh, who's been live streaming some of the events and uh, this reminds me of Katrina and just thinking that that was I think what was it 12 years ago or something like that that watching that unfold on TV that uh, my songwriter partner Jake and I sat down and we wrote this song called When the Walls Came Down and it was all about the flood of Katrina and then we have the outro of called The Forgotten and I wanted to kind of just show that song right now because it's very, it, it strikes another chord today. So let's go ahead and listen to it, and I'll talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend. Have a good holiday, and see you all next week.